This episode of 1v1, the creator interview series, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support this show and the Boss Rush Media family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Mentioned, I, I kind of want to ask you uh, the single player experience that's your podcast. Uh, could you tell people about your podcast? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the single player experience is the perfect place for single player gamers to find good single player games to play. It is the podcast, I, I call it almost like the um, book club of single player games to where like you you can listen to the show and you can find out about good games, bad games and everything in between and get, it's the backlog video game manager. So this podcast allows you to kind of narrow down and kind of scope down your video game backlog. For instance I happen to to just exercise the three games rule on the podcast where i i have i recommend that people play three games at one time if they can and that those three games are going to be their their single player narrative focus game their palate cleanser game and then their chill and relax game your chill and relax game self-explanatory you play it whenever you just want you probably don't have a whole lot of time or you probably are just in the mood to kind of like sit there and play a game that just kind of helps you unwind you know de-stress a little bit that palate cleanser game is the game that like you play when you're not in the mood for your main single player game. Like for instance, for you right now, we, we mentioned you were playing, um, you were playing a little bit of a heavy RPG right now. Well, your palate cleanser game might be Mario Odyssey. And that's the game where Mm -hmm. you're playing. It's completely different than what the other main narrative game that you're playing. And then, yeah you're just kind of playing that on on the side so to speak and then you have your single player narrative focus game and that's the game you're primarily playing you're just playing it to try to like beat the game so to speak so i kind of give you a little recommendation and based on like i mentioned when i do like a analysis on a game or a deep dive i kind of give you a recommendation of like what type of gamer should probably have it in what type of slot and so i do that and then we also have um, really cool interviews with devs and, you know, different game developments and different game developers. And then we um, talk about a lot of cool stories in video games. Like um, recently on this upcoming episode this week, I have one of the first people to play test the Xbox Series X on the show. And he gives his experience on like what it was like to play the Xbox Series X before almost anyone in the entire world and behind closed doors and so he talks about his experiences how like they kind of like how they kind of like had to sneak in an underground facility quote unquote mm-hmm. to like play this new console before it ever came out and he he talks about all that and then so we have those kind of um those kind of episodes and then we have those you know single player focus episodes where we do a deep dive on a particular game like persona 5 or we do a deep dive on um you know, just general games like God of War or Hogwarts Legacy or different games like that. And then the last but not least, I, ha- I have what I like to call the indie game recommendation of the week. It's the the sh- basically 
an episode every single week that brings you a good indie game that you probably never heard of before. And I'll tell you why I'm recommending it to you, who it's for, and why you should be playing it. Why do I have a feeling that you never played Gree? Never played which one? Gree. Gree? Yeah. It's 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 spelled G-R-I-S, so you say Gris, but it's a French word for oh. gray. Okay, gotcha. No, I haven't played that one. Um, give me the general gist. <gasps> oh, so you are this character, um, this female character, who is singing but ends up losing her voice. And when you're like, you look at the, to the, the statue, and the statue is crumbling. The world that you are in starts losing color. And so uh, the thing that you was close to and that you end up losing you end up falling uh, away from her and you have this kind of grief that you got to deal with. Uh, oh, but okay. your but your journey is you got to get these colors back and everything. But there is some kind of presence that's trying to stop you and everything. And at, at points, it's, a, it's more of an adventure game. It has a little bit of Metroidvania, but the thing about it is, is that once you leave an area, you cannot go back to it for the rest of the game. Gotcha, gotcha. So what, uh, what is this um game for? It is on uh Switch, uh PlayStation, PC. Um, I don't think Xbox has it yet uh, or anything, okay. but it's it's one of the indie games that um uh, it's a place called Namada Studios. Um mm-hmm. I think uh Devolver Digital, I think they published it. It came out of nowhere. Like, it wasn't in no Nintendo Direct. It wasn't in an indie direct. Like, when I seen it, I seen it on Facebook. Like, it was a trailer on Facebook. And I'm like, what is this beautiful game? And next thing you know, it dropped in. People were just like, oh, my goodness. What is this game about? Why is it gorgeous? And literally, people just started playing it. It's still one of the games that... I feel like it's an all-time indie game because uh, it's one of those narrative games that there's no combat or anything, and you can't die. Um, It's one of those narrative, uh, visual narrative games that you have to take a look, but you have to admire the beauty that's in it, even though you're grief-stricken as a character. That's really cool. That's a really cool premise. I'll I'll have to for sure check that one out. yeah, yeah, I haven't played that one. And, you know, like, there's a there's an indie game that comes out pretty much every day of the week. So it's like, it's kind of hard to get to all of them, you know? Yes. Uh, that that was the moment I seen it and the day that it dropped. Because they, they showed it the a week before the game dropped. Mm-hmm. So that following week when it dropped, I I went a straight pay. I think it was like ten dollars when it came out or something, or fourteen ninety nine, whatever price it was. I fully paid. Like I even owned it on PlayStation. And when it <laughs> like like there are just some indie games that I will buy on all platforms that if I can. Like yeah, uh, Gree is like Gree is one of them. Um, I. I I think I I own some of that's on Xbox on play and on on it like Cuphead and Orbi. I own that on Xbox and on Nintendo Switch. And it's just like if there was an indie game that is so good, um, I don't know how well it may do on one platform. But I'm like, if I could get that digital, if I could get that physical version, 
for a platform, I'll get it. If not, I'll just stick with the digital. Oh, it's coming to this platform? Okay, cool. Oh, it's on sale? Let me snag it. You know? <laughs> like That's fun. So, uh, yeah, Gree is just... I, I, I keep recommending Gree to a lot of people because I feel like as a as great as this game is, it just doesn't it, it it was just a thing that just won't get noticed. Like it was even at the game awards and it just got like ignored. Like people like never heard it. And I'm like, why 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 does that happen with some single player games? Uh and that's why I think your podcast is exceptional and phenomenal because you talk about games that people don't pay attention or don't notice. And everything. Yeah. We're in a world where you know it's got to be a live service, or it's got to be multiplayer, or it's got to be you know big and dynamic. And sometimes it's like you know if you would check out this small little game, you would actually understand why it's a game that's for you, or a game that you could recommend to some people who may need a game like this. Yeah, I you think know? that's a I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of what I like to do is bring awareness to smaller scale indie games and are like games I feel like aren't getting enough flowers. Um, for instance, one, a, a game that's very similar in the vein of what you were just talking about is one that I reviewed on the pronoreport.com and one I talked about on the single player experience. It is called A Walk with Yaya. And it's a simple game where you're just you're just taking a walk with your grandmother and your grandmother's telling you like telling you stories about what it was like for her growing up or and what and you kind of get to see like both of these characters learn from each other and mm-hmm. yaya is learning almost like how to live her life in a in a world where like she is limited in the way she can live her life and it's like how she's coming to terms with her her elderly state and like and her her grandson who you play as is the main character and how he's learning from lessons about the world who he is who his family is from yaya and it's it's a really small and intimate game but a very sweet game at that and i feel like it's um kind of a lot uh, has a lot of similarities to the game you just mentioned and recommended so yeah that's kind of um what i do in the single player experience i like to bring awareness to those type of games i think i heard that game and i have not picked it up yet uh it's really good it's it's really good it's it's one of the games that, you know, like I I say, you know, on the show sometimes I'm like, it's what it's a rare thing for me to cry from a video game. But when I do, mm-hmm. it hits me hard. And I'm like, this is one that, you know, really hit me hard emotionally. So I think this is if you like emotional games and really ga- uh, games that you like to see, like a good lesson in character development. And it, this is one of those games I'd recommend. And the crazy thing is, like, this game only is about an hour and 20 minutes long like an hour long at, at if you like speed run through this like mm. it is a very quick game but it hits so hard and so and so quick i think that's why when because we have a series called talk the walk and we do it's a show about walking simulators or adventure games like three or uh what we made so either fitch and you know of that nature and it's always you know when we get into the emotional state about things um, if you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, 
Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. There's there's different gamers and different, you know, people that I interact with who sometimes when games hit them like that, it makes the discussion even better. It make it gives more meaning to the game and stuff. Uh, I think there was an article that I was planning to write, or I may have wrote it, I, I gotta check, uh, for Boss Rush about, you know, people who are in the army or who are vets, is it hard to play something like Gears of War? Uh, or even Gears of War 2 because when a certain character dies in that game, Dom, when he dies, I'm like, no, that's Gears of War 3, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gears of War 3, when Dom dies, like, if you were an army vet, how hard does that hit? Even though you just been through this whole big old action piece, shooting all of these enemies, like, how hard does that hit? You know, I mentioned and- pretty hard. Um, I, I mentioned there are certain games um, that can be triggering for anyone under the right circumstances. And I think like you listed out a circumstance to where like, yeah, that could probably hit um, a, a military vet pretty hard, you know, like or that can, you know, or didn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a military vet. Someone who just experienced loss, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing loss of a favorite character in a video game could really resonate with you, you know, like, um, I mentioned to walk with the eye a second ago. That game really resonated with me. Um, and even though like the story doesn't, I'm not going to spoil the game, but like, even though like the story goes in a different direction than what my life went, like I, this was telling a story about a, a boy and his grandmother. And like, as a guy who recently lost his grandmother due to like COVID, um, you know, about a, a two years ago at this point, it was like, it, it really hit hard for me, you know, like to hear his stories and or to hear Yaya's tale with with and with her life and to see those two interactions and those the way those two like kind of bounced off one another. It reminded me very much of the way I, me and my grandmother used to talk. And, you know, like I think that's that's the tale of good narr- narrative. That's the tale of good storytelling to where like. Mm-hmm you can have a situation that happens in a video game, even though it doesn't necessarily have to live one V one for your life. It like, it can basically bring out emotions in you that make you relive moments of your life or like make you empathize with these characters on a very emotional level. And I think that's one of the beauties of like video game storytelling where we're at currently of video game stories, you know? Yeah. There's, um, the game rhyme, uh, that came out a while back and I played it on PlayStation and I just like it had this kind of like Zelda experience to it even though like I said once again not that much combat but it was once again like the music and when it got to one of when it got to the ending and I won't reveal the ending because I think people should play Ron it was one of the it's one of those put down the controller moments for me um I uh I had talked about I had talked about the game and there the level before the game ends and you finally figure out what's going on and stuff. I actually uh, tagged the composer in my uh, in my tweet and everything, and I told him just like thank you for this piano arrangement because not only does it you know fit the setting and the mood, it changed my mind on how grief kind of happens and how yeah. 
uh, how sometimes when the when the music is actually being the narrative that's telling telling the uh, player what's going like what's going on or what it's going to lead it to, it really makes you think and appreciate that composers are are important to a single player experience to a narrative you know even yeah even to multiplayer or co-op players and stuff but when you're doing an indie game and mostly for a lot of indie games that music is really important i think that's why you see a lot of people who love composers who love finding people's work and buying the soundtrack i think video game soundtracks have really you know even though i think they should they need to be more available and everything for people to be like i don't want i mean yeah there is spotify apple music stuff but i'm like i want to buy your soundtrack and i feel like that's something that doesn't get advertised enough and everything yeah and like have you ever yeah. felt that way that you you played the game and you really want to go out and just buy the music yeah, I've, I've I've felt that way. Um, Persona, like I think Persona has this really Ooh, cool. Persona, yeah, so good. It is really good. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, I've been playing um, Persona Three for the first time because I, <gasps> I didn't a, yeah, I didn't get around to playing it originally. Um, you know, um, it was I didn't really have that that console growing up, so like reliving that now that it's available on all platforms, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things to where I'm like, Oh, like I love the soundtrack. If it has that like nice jazzy lo-fi, almost upbeat, um, yes. upbeat kind of soundtrack. And then like at moments it has like these slower, slower pace, like just ambiance music as well. I'm like, persona is like to me, one of the goats of soundtracks, like persona three. And right now I'm, um, I, my first entry level into persona was persona five. And like I loved yeah. Persona 5's um, soundtrack. It was that, that smooth jazz, and then that upbeat moments where it kind of felt like a, it, it, your typical anime, but then it hits back with like that cowboy bebop jazz into it. I'm like, oh, this is this is good right here. This is Chef's Kiss. But like I, yeah, I I think you're right. Like music can play a really big part into like your overall experience into a video game. The way that video game's narrative comes out, like. Music means a whole lot to gaming, and I, I don't think it gets like enough flowers and enough love. But I will say, like, I can understand why they don't make music readily available. Um, as far as like, as far as you do- like downloading a physical soundtrack and a physical mm-hmm. disc, because like, there's only going to be so many people who are going to buy that those units, and it takes a yeah. lot, and it does take a lot of overhead and like upfront money to be able to like print out those things. And what happens if like if you're a smaller scale indie game and only like, you know, barely 5% of gamers ever heard about your game to begin with, you know, like, or, or that out of that 5%, how many of that 5% is going to buy your soundtrack? You know, like you kind of have to think about like that. It is easier to just put your soundtrack on Spotify. And then for those people who want to enjoy those, that, that, that kind of experience, you can still, enjoy the music and you know like the artist to a certain extent still gets paid you know yes uh, that, that i i can see um i know uh you mentioned kingdom hearts and utada or utada for those uh simple and clean was simple and clean is literally on the level of the mario brothers theme song or just here the first level of mario like you hear Kingdom Hearts, the first thing that comes to mind, 
when you walk away, you don't hear you me don't say. Hear me say, and please, yeah. Like, oh baby, <laughs> don't go. <laughs> right, it, it's just like a lot of people. Like, if they're singing it or you hear it, like some people will be dancing, but when that chorus come on. It's it's the it's, it's probably one of the most recognizable modern songs or just parts in video game music history. Like yeah. it, it's so it's so like say, even Sanctuary is so good. Like Sanctuary from Kingdom Hearts 2 is just like so breathtaking, so moving that I don't know people went out to find out oh, Utada's music. But when I heard it, I knew of Utada, but they weren't selling her music in the States. Like, no. and if you did happen to see it, you had to be at Suncoast to find it. Like, yeah, I, yeah I'll be real with you, though. I think that was, like, a part of the culture at the time, though. Like, mm-hmm. let's say Kingdom Hearts was a modern-day game. Like, uh, like it just came out for the first time with the anime being as big as it is now. Yes. And, like, yeah, I think, like, that song would be one of the biggest songs in the world right now because like you know back then it was like you 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 know you and i are both like you know you and i are both black and like it was very much like a different world to be a black nerd back in the early 2000s back in the 90s back in the 80s it was a different it was a different way i mean we weren't like you know like even amongst other black people we weren't kind of like free to show that that level of like passion about those things because they always had some kind of like clap back for that you know they always just like man you really into that kind of thing you know like really like you'll be watching that kind of stuff and like back then you kind of got shunned for it but for like now though like there's so many black nerds and like our culture is so different and the way like the way that everyone is basically like allowed, so to speak, without really any judgment to mm-hmm. be a part of any different thing that they are passionate about. Like there's so many black anime, um, black anime fans. Like I know tons of them now, like versus back then there, there was a lot of people you wouldn't know who was an anime fan because they didn't want to admit it out loud. You know, Oh, we we have public access anime. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so, I before Cowboy Bebop even got shown in America, they were showing a few episodes on our public assets in our in our area. So I was watching that. I was watching Rama Half. You know, I was watching uh, um, uh, what's the one with uh, Akira and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I was watching like Mad Bull and stuff, <laughs> uh, yeah. which I shouldn't have been watching. But uh, <laughs> uh, but it was just like. When it came to anime, yeah, there was like you know Robotech and Macross that was kind of very edited for, uh, for America. But just like mm-hmm. even like Speed Race and stuff, even though that stuff was edited, you didn't get like the real dub stuff unless you was watching uh, things on public uh, access or you was yeah. watching it on like on on a real late night. You didn't get this uh, stuff from Japan and everything. Uh, and everything that people like even with the subtitles and stuff like i watched i was watching ninja scroll uh mm. on public access and it was just like okay i remember this and it was just like i've never seen animation or i never seen anything mature as this on the level of an r-rated movie you know yeah like for sure. this is historic and the, and the thing about it is is that i i seen the people who was doing it but i didn't personally know them and everything and then when it went away it was just like i 
I don't have no place to get my anime fix. And like yeah. I couldn't really I didn't have no area to talk about anime and games. Now if I go online and look at look at a group that's you know very receptible, friendly and stuff, we could talk about anime and video games and music all day long. And yeah, like, for sure. And I agree. That's cool. Yeah, imagine if simple like imagine if like Kingdom Hearts and Simple and Clean came out today though. I'm oh. like it would be it would be goaded at that point like it would be one of the biggest songs probably out there top at least top 50 in the charts right now and like mm-hmm. you know like anime fans and video games fans would like celebrate it it would be like oh my god did you hear just this new song you know like it was in a kingdom hearts game a video game of all things but it feels very anime-ish and it's a beautiful a beautiful you know like got a beautiful artist singing this like high song like high phrase song and everyone would have been like, oh, my goodness, like, yeah, that that song is amazing, especially with like the wave of K-pop coming in and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're in a different time now to where like I think if yeah, that if this came out nowadays, like it'd be on a whole nother level. And plus Utada, they did a song with Timberland. And I'm yeah. like, wait, what? It's just a bop. I mean, for the young kids, they say it's a bop. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is a banger. I love this. I'm like, yeah, why sure. did nobody tell me this? It's it's so weird. But imagine if Utada was like, if they were dropping Kingdom Hearts today, like, you know, that band, that she would probably be doing a, a duet with Beyonce at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Or Rihanna yes. or something like to that nature. Like, she would probably be working with some of the most premier artists in the world because like the the landscape of anime and k-pop and just music and nerd culture is completely celebrated versus back then it was like still on the up and up like up and up on the the uprise so to speak uh, so shout out to you you yeah for sure for sure <laughs> simple and clean man sanctuary oh so good so um well, uh, before we go, uh, one last question I have to ask you. Uh, Sebastian, what is your favorite cereal or even breakfast food that mm. you like to like get down with? Or mm. is there anything or do you do any kind of snacking while gaming sometimes? I'm not a snacker while gamer. I, I, I like a clean controller, so to speak. And I okay. never like I don't I don't like to to eat while I'm gaming because I'm like I want my controller to be as clean and pristine as possible but like I but I will uh, I'll hit you up with the breakfast one I like a good classic breakfast of like scrambled eggs toast you know I'm more Ooh. of a Sasha's person than a basis like bacon person so I like that or just like breakfast tacos man oh so good so good but before we go though I want to hit you back with a question okay all right, so this is a question. Just to give a, pre- a preview of, of my show, The Single Player Experience, when I have a new guest on, everyone, I like to ask them some icebreaker questions. You know, like, I usually ask them their icebreaker questions where's their top five games of all time. But Ed here is going to be a guest on The Single Player Experience coming up where we're going to be talking about a really cool topic in, in, in the Nintendo landscape of things. And just to give you a preview of that episode, Ed, here's an icebreaker question that I like to ask all my guests. Ed, so... What superpower would Kirby get if he absorbed you? What superpower that what he would get? Yeah, what what uh, kind of power? What kind of power or characteristic trait would Kirby get if he absorbed you? Um, definitely he would get a singing trait. Um, with okay. vocally arranging 
parts and everything. So if he like if he sucked sucked me <laughs> and spit me out, but took my power, um, he would get a ability to sing tunes and you know just be able to harmonize and uh, maybe use that to uh, make people you know have a fall in love with the melody before he sucks them in or knocks them out with a bat or something or whatever. Uh, but he would get that ability of music from me. Okay, okay. That, that's what's up. That's what's up. So he'd almost have like Jigglypuff abilities. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I like that. I like that. So yeah, um, everyone be on the lookout for you know, Ed to appear on the single player experience podcast very soon. And I just wanted to give you a little preview of what, what kind of questions you were going to get when you, you know, when the roles were reversed and you were guesting on, on my show. I am excited. I have a, not, I have not, I, I, I am prepared for it. So I, I'm excited to have you there, but th- <laughs> you know, thank you so much. I, I hope I was a good guest today and you know, like, yes. Yeah, and I and by the way, breakfast tacos to me are, are goat goat kind of breakfast. I'm not a cereal person, so I I <gasps> probably go with breakfast person. I, yeah, I, I I I don't like I don't like the 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 drinking of the milk process. So I'm like <gasps> I I'm not a milk kind of person. I'm a milk products person, but not a milk mm-hmm. person. So and that that kind of already eliminates cereal. What am I going to be doing? Eating dry cereal out of a bowl? You know? I'm oh no. I, I love that milk with the good honey nut cereal, like the honey in it. Go, go, mm-hmm. go, go. Like, th- to me, it's the reverse version of ramen in the sense. Yeah. Yeah, how you like, that. how you eat the noodles and then you drink the broth and uh, for some people, they can bow or whatever. Um, which reminds me, like, when it comes to ramen, if I go to different shops and stuff, I'll eat it the way that they cook it. Mm-hmm. But I mostly drain all the water out and just leave a little bit and put. Oh, the I'm the same in. way. I'm the same way if I'm doing ramen. Yeah, I get it. I I don't want it to be soupy. I want it to be more like a yeah, um, yeah, more like a, a noodles dish than I, than I do like a actual soup. But yeah, my like my my partner thinks I'm completely weird for that. But like I yeah, I'm I'm like I'm right there with you. I don't want the soup. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take the soup anywhere else. Because I yeah. feel like they, they cook it right. Mm-hmm. My 49 cents self would <laughs> be like, you know, throw this in the water. <laughs> yeah, for I sure. Just, I, need, I need just a little wetness so when I put that pack in, you know, it could mix around. But I'm like, I need that flavor on that noodle. In there. Oh, okay, I got you, got you. Is there a food from a, a TV show that you ever wanted to try? Um, Man, that means I have to go to Food Wars. Um, yeah, not not necessarily food wars. Yeah, food wars is a actually, good anime though. Actually, yeah. actually, um, Rama half, uh, the Okinaki, mm-hmm. like that little piece of one that uh the one character sh- that, that she makes, I cannot think of her name. Uh, whatever piece of that, whatever piece of that they make out of that, I want to eat. I've never got to try it. That, that is sake. That is sake is the two things that I want to try that are still on my list to try. That sounds good. Yeah, I I think that would be perfect. And I'd love to wash that down with like some Keenan and Kale orange soda. Oh, wow. Uh... I had to throw it back to the 90s, man. Had to. <laughs> oh, Keenan and Kale, the orange soda. Yeah. So, yeah. which reminds me, what, what is the best orange soda to you? Oh. I'm gonna 
you know, you you're probably gonna give me a little bit of flack here for saying this, but I'm I'm a Fanta guy. I think I I like the Fanta okay. orange. Yeah. Okay. Sunkiss is pretty good though. Sunkiss cherry lit limeade, bomb big. That is bomb I've never tried big. it. Is it good? It's so good. Yeah, it 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 literally puts the cherry feta to shame. Even though wow. I love cherry feta, it puts the cherry feta to shame. It's a, it's because see when it comes to orange soda with me, feta is good. Uh and uh Sunkiss is good, but I think Crush got them. I think Crush got them on the orange. I I'm old school, so knee high. Knee high, knee high, go man. Okay, yeah, we're brothers. Like yeah, like we're family now. Because my my sister, because they start selling parts of it in my city, but my sister she went into one of the little stores in another city by us. And she seen they sell it as a two liter, so she oh, came man. out with two bottles, and it was still ninety nine cent. Oh, that's I'm amazing! Like, I'm like, oh, this uh, the peach knee high. That's the anointings right there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, so um, what soda do you get when you go to the movies? You know, like here, here at like AMC or like Cinemark, they have the, those like um, automatic like soda dispensers now, yeah, where you, yeah. you press the screen and such like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like. What what soda do you get? I'm like, do you get like a funky flavor or do you go just traditional while you're eating? I'm assuming so, you're a popcorn guy here. A, a nachos. Nachos in a movie theater? Wow. Yeah, I do nachos and I do nachos and cheese, or I do the pretzel bites and cheese. I oh. do do I do do popcorn sometimes, uh, but what ends up happening is that I don't have no popcorn to share with anybody. So if I get like the big one that they get. Majority is not going to get eaten because I'm so focused on the movie. Like, I'm okay, into okay. the movie. So, I know that if I do the chips and, or the pretzels, by the time I'm done with the previews, I, I, you know, it's all gone or it's cold and I don't need and I have to worry about it uh, and stuff. Um, so, that's that's kind of me. I am, I will do popcorn, but I, I normally go for the nachos or the pretzels. Okay. Okay. I can respect that. So, uh, so I need to, I need to know what mo- what like snacks you had. Um, we'll we'll tweet each other about it. Um, while you're watching the Super Mario Brother movies. Uh, okay. Uh, for the drink, I normally go for part Hawaiian Punch or, um, they got Fruitopia. Uh, kind of whatever the fruit a uh, fruit punch juice is, uh-huh. I'll put that in and then I will mix it with Sprite or Sierra Mist. Or oh, yeah. I forgot okay. it's it's starry now. Perfect. What Sierra misses starry now? Yeah. They don't sell Sierra don't Pepsi don't I didn't know Pepsi did Sierra Miss. But that was their sprite. And so they discontinued Sierra Miss because I wasn't seeing it in the stores and they rebranded it as Starry. Wow. I didn't know this either. This is uh, I feel like we're we've divvied off into Welcome to the the food chat, the food chat, or maybe like, oh. or the snack channel. But like, I <laughs> I I love this conversation. I've learning so lot. I didn't know like Pepsi did Sierra Mist either. Or yeah, so at least. so I was at the grocery store and I see this thing called Starry. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And then my Pepsi representative for my job came in and I see the thing. I was just like, wait a minute, you guys make this. And the guy's like, yeah. I'm like, 
is this why I don't see Sierra Miss or or anything? He's like, yeah, um, they stopped selling Sierra Miss. They rebranded it as Starry, but they changed the recipe of it. So, wow. um, if, you t- if you was having a hard time tasting the lemon lime and Sierra Miss, that's what they focused on with Starbucks, that people could taste the lemon lime flavor. Wow. Into. I was okay. like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, Did you that, look at uh, Yeah, I'm learning okay. a whole lot here. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, because if you look at it, when I was looking at it, I was thinking like, okay, this is from the Seven Up Company. Uh, or, 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 nope, RC doesn't make it. They were just like, this is straight Pepsi. I'm like, but I didn't see the Pepsi logo on it. He was just like, yeah, you won't even know, you wouldn't even notice it unless you see it in the Pepsi aisle or you talk to a Pepsi representative. And how, how many exotic, like, sodas do you try out? Because you, you have, like, soda knowledge that I do not, like. So, um, I normally so what happens is like with a lot of soda stuff, if we get it at my job, I try it. Or if okay. I see it around, uh, and it's mostly like the Pepsi, Coke, and Dr. Pepper stuff. So, um, if I see it, I give it a try and everything. Okay. Like that when the sense. flip, like the flaming hot Mountain Dew came out, I had to give it a try. So I, I could talk that. about it. I could not I, do that. That's so funny though. It. it it was an interesting taste because it. I will say this, it does give off of your of your eating something flaming hot. Cheetos flaming hot has a certain taste. So if you drink it, it does give that spiciness. It does get that taste. The thing about it is, it's just it doesn't taste right in Mountain Dew because the flaming hot we uh the flaming hot covers up any sweetness. And when people drink Mountain Dew, they want to taste sweetness. It's, yeah. Um, that makes so, sense. you know, even like even when they do like the zero flavors of stuff, like the diet stuff, I go out and try so that people who can't drink this, that this is what you're getting in diet. Like you still can taste the flavor. The sugary part is kind of reduced. So there is that different taste if you don't do, want to do a lot of sugar and stuff. But I'm like, it is good or bad or whatever. So I do like kind of give people that. um you know them that update or that review and stuff um because i see somebody they don't like the dr pepper strawberries and cream i'm like ah how can you not it's so good (laughs) i've never tried that dr pepper strawberries and cream Mm -hmm. okay yeah maybe maybe next time i go to the movies i'll have to sample it and see see if that can mix well with my popcorn so i don't know if they have that at the movie theaters because we yeah because their our movie theater does um Coke, some of them do Coke, some of them do Pepsi, mm-hmm. and that's it. So any yeah, kind of like, or huh? yeah, yeah. So if there's like anything else, I probably have to go like a to a two dollar or three dollar movie, you know, where the machine is it's kind of like they wrote the flavors on there, and you're trying <laughs> to be like, what what brand is this? And it be like, let me see, is this Aldi's or is this like? Walmart's is it the mm-hmm. dollar store like what flavor I'm like where did you get this now don't get me wrong some of them is Bombay I, I would say that but I'm like I just want to know who makes it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure so what what's the the snack in the game going to be for the rest of the day um so this uh game for the rest of the day is going to be Octopath Traveler 2 um okay. I'm probably uh and for the snack it's going to be Chocolate covered cherries. 
I like that. I like that. Okay. I can respect that. I can respect so. that. But with that, everybody, that is going to be it for this 1v1. Sebastian, thank you so much. Go ahead and plug where people can find you and where they can find your podcast. Man, if you liked all this craziness that we talked about today, you can experience <laughs> more of it at the Single Player Experience. Um, you can find the Single Player Experience on all your favorite podcast platforms or, or on YouTube on the Pro Nerd Report YouTube channel. You can also find me at, um, you know, on Twitter at Sebastian23. Um, you know, I'll be there. You can hit me up. Send the back signal and I will answer the call, you know, like... Um, and then, you know, you can also just, you know, listen to the single player experience. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you'd like to enjoy that sort of thing. And, you know, go on the protonerdreport.com where I write my written reviews. You can also find the podcast there. So, yeah, that's it's pretty much everywhere you can possibly think of. And, you know, definitely check it out. It's it's my my baby, so to speak, my passion project. And I am completely in love with doing it. And have, and have so many great guests like yourself, Ed, who come on the show and really brighten up my day. So, yeah, that's where you can find it. Right. And with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next time on 1v1. Bye, everybody. Bye. 1v1, the creator interview series, is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and part of the Boss Rush Podcast Supplemental Podcast. This show is hosted by Celeste Roberts. You can also hear interviews from other Boss Rush Media members on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FairyCrypt. To get updates on the latest episodes, follow the Boss Rush Podcast, Boss Rush Media, and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms, or subscribe to the Boss Rush Podcast feed in your favorite podcast application. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.